Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the best versions of themselves. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women and special edition episodes that feature guest interviews and current events. Now, all in her opinion, here is your host, Maya Roffler. Hi guys, welcome back to My Opinion with Maya. Today, I have an amazing, inspirational guest on. She is the president of Jackman. Her name is Sandra Duff. Sandra, welcome to My Opinion. Thanks, Maya. Great to be here. We're so excited to have you here. And I want to kick off how I normally do with all the amazing women that come on the show. Tell us a little bit about your background, your history, and how you got to where you are as the president of Jackman. Uh, sure. Thanks. Happy to, to tell my story. So um, I guess when I graduated university, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I thought at that time in my life that I wanted to work in government and public service. And so I did a two-year stint um, at a National Association for Credit Unions. wasn't a government agency, but um, quasi-government-like. And what I learned, I learned a ton about myself and I learned that a slower pace and, um, you know, really socializing and moving through um, regulations was not my thing. Um, And I would never have known that um, having graduated with a degree in political science, that that would be the case. Um, And on a whim, I took a role um, at a a retailer, at a a corporate office and um, loved it, loved the pace loved the fact that I could make change really quickly, that I was part of a larger team. It was a coordinator role, but I really took took that on and just really rolled up my sleeves. And so I moved through a couple of roles on the retail side. Then I went agency side and really loved doing that as well. Loved being involved in branding and creative, loved working with creative teams. And I really learned a lot about myself, Um, really learned um, that I was um, someone who liked to work cross-functionally, loved to work in a fast-paced environment, loved to make change, loved to make momentum. Um, Fast forward to, you know, different stints at, um, you know, I went back client side for a bit. Um, I did, you know, downshift um, a little bit uh, during the middle of my career. And, uh, and then I joined Jackman. And when I joined Jackman, I really joined at a, um, at, a, at a role that was running projects or running engagements. We're a consulting firm as well as a creative agency. We marry both of those things together. It was a marriage made in heaven for me. Mm-hmm. It's the best of client side, the best of agency side. And I really love the pace and uh, worked through the ranks. And so um, really a lot of hard work, a lot of being a great team player, um, we're highly collaborative, high, highly cross-functional, and I love working with um, client leaders and leadership. Teams. So that's that's really how I ended up at Jackman. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking all about leadership, which is, of course, right up my alley and this podcast. So and I learned that you were recently promoted to president in April. So I want to congratulate you again. That's amazing. Sandra. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome for all all of us lady leaders out here. Like keep rocking. That's amazing. I'm that's exciting. Um, so a couple of things you mentioned as you were sharing your story at a high level. And I'd love to, to talk about for the listeners is during your story, you had a time in your career where you kind of took a step back 
tell us a little bit about that that time because I think sure. with the pandemic, you know, we have seen that. You know, you and I were chatting before we started the recording and, and chatting on this and how we've seen women really be impacted a lot more and, you know, taking a step back and having to walk out of maybe their career versus men. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? So I think it's sure. interesting that you stepped back. I'd love to hear that part of your journey. Sure. Um, I was working agency side. Um, I was traveling quite a bit um, and I was really enjoying what I did, um, but I had two young kids at home. So I had a three-year-old and then I just gave birth to my daughter, Alexandra. Um, and uh, we get a, a year-long maternity leave in Canada. And during that year-long maternity leave, um, my both my parents had health crisis. And um, what happened was it was around the time that I needed to come back to work. And uh, I was really thinking long and hard about, you know, just my situation had really changed from a childcare perspective. I was one of the fortunate ones that my parents were the ones caring for my kids, um, you know, pre pre-maternity leave. And the dynamic had just shifted to where I was now their caregiver um, uh, and responsible for them alongside my brother. And I had two kids at home that were three and one. I went back to work agency side, but, and, you know, with limited travel, but I was really struggling. And I was struggling from a couple of um, perspectives. Number one was juggling everything and keeping all the balls in the air. And number two is just, you know, my family situation hadn't really changed. And I was grieving at a certain point with the loss of my mom and having to think about my dad's care. And there was just a lot on my plate. I just mentally was just really drained and really having a hard time. And I made the difficult decision to go back to client side work. It was more of a nine to five um, routine. It was more predictable. There was no travel. Um, I felt like it would give me more balance and I would have more time home with the kids. I could manage pickups and drop-offs better. And I also felt like it just provided me with a measure of, it was work that I knew how to do. It wasn't necessarily as uh, challenging um, mentally um, and intellectually. So I could really sail through the day a bit better. And, you know, it was great that it was, it provided that, that, stability for me, but the hard part for it was my ego because I was used to climbing the ladder. I was used to what's next for me. And I really had to put that aside because I just wasn't in a place where I could do that. Um, I did have a title change that wasn't the best for me. And I thought it was the end of the world. I just thought like, what is this going to mean? How am I going to explain coming out of this? I, I gave myself two years. I felt like I have to put two years on the books at this place um, in this role a, to really learn, um, B, to really, you know, explain it on my CV. I felt like, oh my gosh, like I can't move around a lot. I just, I had all of the preconceived notions that were told that, you know, you should only move up um, for promotions, not necessarily lateral, that they're not great. Um, you need to stick at a job for more than a year. I felt like I had all of these things in my head. Um, and at the end of two years, look, I was more than ready. After year one, I felt like, okay, this is wash, rinse, repeat. I was in a better place with my family. My kids were growing up. Um, you know, they they were. It was more manageable. Um, I also was just in a better headspace. Um, but I said, you know what? I owe it to myself. I have to book another year here, <laughs> um, which I did. I didn't love, um, but it did. It did all make sense in the end. Um, and looking back now, I did learn a ton being there. It's actually my experience there the last two years was super valuable for how I relate to client teams right now. Um, I never would have thought that. I never would have thought that I would be president at that time. I never would have, in my mind, I'm like, 
I should just aim to be director and VP from then, mm-hmm. then on. Like I just, it's almost like you have these, you know, limitations that you, you read things and you hear things and you're like, well, of course, like it's, that's the, the way that the game is played. And that's the way I'm going to end up. Um, but it was a lesson learned like this, this time I would never looking back. I just like, it's what I needed. Yeah. Um, it's what I had to do. Um, I also feel like I wasn't a great mom during some of that time, but I actually prioritized my, that mom time to be able to be with my kids. And I think there's a lot of people right now going through the same thing with COVID, especially with childcare, especially with kids at home and online learning. It is really, really, really hard. Um, and I think we just need to give ourselves a pass on that. Like you can't always do it all. It's okay to say you need help. It's okay to say, I need to like take a break and focus on this, get this to a better spot. And then I can resume things. And I know it's hard because we compare ourselves to males all the time and they don't always have to make the same choices, but it's okay to sometimes say you, you want to make a choice. Um, and to feel like that's okay. Um, it's not going to define you forever. It's not going to, you know, kind of um, shackle you to something forever, that there's opportunities that will continue down the path after. I love how you just closed that part out because I think it's true. I really, I really do I, in so many ways. And, you know, we, we do have to make different decisions than men. And yes, there's some men out there that are single parents and have those, and they relate to us a whole lot, but <laughs> they get it, yeah. you know, but for the majority, you know, of those decisions are on us and we're juggling a lot more balls in the air. And that's why we saw those, uh, like those stats last year, sure. they're still carrying on, right? Because you know, we're working. I don't personally have kids, but you know, all my friends do. <laughs> so, you know, I'm seeing them play teacher and they're expected yes. to do their job still. And they're expected to be a great wife or partner. Or, you know, I mean, that's a lot going on. So hearing your story and hearing that period of time, there's going to be a lot of women that are going to relate to that. If not everybody that listens to this, I relate yeah. to it and I don't even have kids, you know, because I had to make some you know, real changes myself, even last year. So I really get that. And I also relate to you too, Sandra, because again, I don't have children, but I went through a really difficult time about four, five, five years ago, well, four years ago and um, four and a half, I lost my brother and I was, you know, 30 years old. I had had like, I'm on my like career high. I'm a director at like a big international company. And I had to say, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to step back and, and resign from my job. And I thought just like you, like I get the story so much. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I knew, I knew I wanted to be director, big company by 30. I did it. And now I'm, I'm a failure because I yeah. have to step back yeah. and take care of myself. And now I have my own business and my own podcast and my own, like, and to your point, like I never could have thought that that would be possible because at that time, I failed because I had to take a step back and go backwards. You know what I mean? In my mind, but there's a reason for everything. And I think it's important that women hear this message because, you know, I, I like to think of it now as like a rubber band or a slingshot. Sometimes we have to go back to go yes. to catapult forward. Yeah. 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 And sometimes you just also have to listen to your own self and quiet yourself and say, what do I need right now? Um, and prioritize that versus what we think we need to achieve or, you know, um, and you know, that, and I think the other misconception for women is that the ambition goes away after you have kids. 
um, or, you know, after you have a life event that because it's not present at that moment, like it's like never going to come back. Um, and that's a huge misconception because it does come back. Um, you know, it just, you may, you may channel it totally differently. You may say like, you know, that ambition you had to be director has changed, but it changes like that, that fire in your belly and that desire to learn and grow is still there. It's just channels differently. Very well put too. And it's interesting because after having such a, a traumatic life event happen, I, I've become a better person in so many ways and I've become more passionate and yeah, it's in a different direction. Like my goals aren't as, as uh, superficial anymore, right? It's not all about a title. It's not all about this. And, yeah. you know, we all want to make money. We all want to do great, but yeah. like, I want to do it with the things that I'm really passionate about. So there was a really positive shift, but I did have to take that step down and, and, you know, it hurt my ego too. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, totally, I totally got that. Another thing that you said, which is so a couple different things when you were talking about this, what is up with that two-year rule? I mean, I had that. Two- I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that was my, that was my problem when I went through that hard time. Cause I'd only been in the role a couple months when I lost my brother and I was like, Oh crap, what am I going to do? This is going to ruin my resume forever. Oh yeah. my gosh. It didn't like, nope. let, let's break the stigma. It did not yeah. at all. I came back. It was fine. I got great jobs afterwards. Um, now I'm doing my own thing. I have great clients. Like it's, I don't know where that came from. I mean- Yeah. And I think now more than ever, people have the permission to break those standard air quote standard rules. Um, So in the era of COVID, think of all the people who've been furloughed or tried different things. And like now it's almost the opposite. You know, we see people um, leaving work. They're not sure necessarily what's next, but they know that their work isn't fitting the, um, you know, the, the purpose, um, drive for them right now. And so, you know, you see people exploring new things or new opportunities or moving into different roles that they just want to explore with. So I think now's like, we should kind of erase that, that rule from our memories right now, because I think we're setting a new standard moving forward. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think we're being given permission to do that because of what we're going through. For sure. And I, and I love it. And I'm like, thank goodness. Cause that was like, all this stuff is so crazy. Like we got to stay here. We have to do this. Like, even if we're not happy or not growing or yeah. moving forward. And I think that's really, really wild. But anyway, you know, I want to dive into Jackman though, because this for is sure. what, you're, what you're doing, what you've been doing for several years now. And now you're the president. I'm so excited for you. This is an amazing journey. And I mentioned this to you, but I worked uh, corporate David's bridal for many, many years. And they're a client of your guys, your guys yeah, they, you work with yeah, them. Yeah, they were a client. Like when I first joined Jackman, they were doing their reinvention and we were doing um, some work with that team. So mm-hmm. um, it was many years ago, but we do a ton of work with retailers. We also do, um, you know, strategy as well as, you know, conceptual development on what that new version of the company or growth version of the company is going to be. So David Bridles was one of them. Um, but we also have a lot of um, distribution businesses like U.S. Foods and American Tire. And then we've been doing a ton of work actually on the product side. We've been working with um, Greenleaf, which is a division of Maple Leaf Foods. So all in plant-based protein, um, their competitors to Impossible, um, which is really great, but we've reinvented two of their brands, Light Life and uh, Field Roast. And then we're doing uh, a lot of um, 
uh, additional food work in that health space with um, a new brand called Simply Protein, which is uh, their protein bars. They're really clean, um, great protein bars. So yeah, we're very, uh, very excited for this next wave of innovation that's coming out of the last year. I think what's inspiring to see is leadership teams now more than ever are starting to chart their course and starting to think about you know, what's next for us. And what we're able to do is help them anchor on a new um, solid uh, strategic foundation, but then also bring the soul into it. Like what's the brand going to be like, you know, what should, how should we connect with consumers and what's that shared passion between the brand and the consumer? And how does that growth strategy fit in here? So we link all those three together and then we start to work with them on you know, what does this mean in terms of how you show up as a brand digitally? Um, if you have physical footprint, what does that retail experience look like? Um, so we're very um, excited about what's ahead for us. Yeah, that does sound very exciting. And I would imagine going through, you know, I feel like we talk about the pandemic so much in all of these conversations that I have, but I would imagine going through that with your clients last year. And as we continue, I mean, it's we're starting to, you know, transition back into, a different environment now. And some people are comfortable being out in the world and some people aren't, but um, you've probably kind of gone through a lot with your clients. And what does that look like? What does this new normal look like? Right. What has that been like for you guys? For sure. Yeah. What's really interesting is everybody, you know, client wise really hunkered down um, for a period of like a solid two to three months. And I think, you know, rightly so they were furloughing staff. They were really focused on operationalizing uh, the changes that were happening. And then what we started to see was, you know, this emerging, we need to put our minds to what's next. Um, it was a real planning phase for them. They weren't necessarily ready to start to think about what that work looked like. Um, so that was one type of client. Um, the other type of client was we need to capitalize on this now and work during this fallow period and really be ready for th when things reemerge. And what was really interesting was that some of those clients um, weren't necessarily the clients that we would have thought were like that. Um, and it was maybe more of the B2B side. Um, they weren't, um, you know, it wasn't so much the consumer focused retail side. They were still kind of okay, should we, should we be pressing play yet? You know, not sure. Like they were, they were caught in this little kind of back and forth a bit more. Um, but it was really interesting to see that there were some really uh, courageous leaders that were really willing to start the hard work when it wasn't optimal because they really wanted to be out of the gate first. They wanted to be prepared. They wanted to make sure that they had used this um, quieter, you know, when I say non-productive, it's like their sales weren't great, um, but they wanted to use that time to really focus their energy. And what we thought, what we found was that it, it was really invigorating to work with them. It was hard because fielding customer research during that time was really like, how can, how much can we trust the data? How much of this is COVID response versus not COVID response? Um, but we were able to really um, work through that with them and, and really came out stronger. And they're the ones that are actioning their plans right now. They're the ones that are really starting to put things into market and, uh, and seeing the fruits of that labor. So that's been very inspiring for us um, as a team that's supporting them and working with them on that journey to also have that bright light you know, be in our midst to help us to start thinking about our own selves and Jackman, how are we going to, to move forward? So it was great. 
Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's, it's very bonding to go through an experience like that with the client, right? You know? Yeah. 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 And to be able to make it out on the other side and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So how was it internally at Jackman and how did you guys navigate that? Like, are you guys all remote? Like what, what do you, I mean, you, yeah, we're all remote. This was a huge shift for our culture. Um, we travel a lot, 80% of we're Canadian, but 80% of our business is in the U S and so listen, we were always a mobile workforce. Um, but every Friday we would come back for, we call it Jackman Friday lunch. We bring in lunch to the office. Everybody's back from their travels. We all reconnect, get on, you know, get on up to speed and then get planned for the next week. Um, so a couple things, um, we went fully remote, everybody, um, you know, worked out of their home, really proud of how we navigated that, but certainly missing that cultural touchstone of that Friday lunch, um, really missing one another. Um, we've had to adapt to do workshops and full, full, um, you know, sessions with our clients remote. It's not been as energizing. That's where we get a lot of our energy is from working one-on-one with leadership teams and helping build their strategy and sharing with them what that next gen of their, of their brand is going to look like. And so that's been super hard to do remote. Um, and for our teams, I think what was interesting is we see individuals responding differently. I'm so sorry for that noise in the background, but um, really what we've had to focus on was um, helping people. There were some people who just had a hard time coping, whether through family or whether just personally. Um, and so getting getting our teams to really think about how to t- have conversations uh, with individuals, how to help them navigate. Nobody was taking time off um, was the other thing that was really weird. Yeah. We had all this accumulating vacation time and we really just had to say to people, look, everybody needs a break. I know there's nowhere to go. <laughs> Um, but really, you know, you need that, that downtime to really yeah. reset and reinvigorate. So we, we had some conversations about that, but I think what's really interesting is our teams really, um, came together. Um, they still work cross-functionally. I think it's hard for me as a leader. It's hard for some of our, um, senior leaders. You don't have visibility into the pockets of the organization that you don't work with on a day-to-day basis. And I miss that. Um, and so we're looking for, you know, when we return back, what's that going to look like? And how do we get some of that magic back? Because there's people that you don't always interact with on a daily basis, but that you would normally see in your day-to-day life at work right? in the office. And you miss that. Um, you know, you might share a passion for the same Netflix series or something that you connect <laughs> yeah. over. And that's hard when it's, you know, you're on Zoom and you're only doing meetings that you need to work on. So Yeah, actually, I mean, you kind of led me into my next question, you know, you being the president of of the company, you know, it's really hard. And I talk about this on my solo cast, you know, when you're at a certain level, it's impossible to touch everybody, you know, it really is. And so, you know, how were you able to, it's, it sounds like, you know, you did certain things, but how were you able to empower like your managers, your directors to kind of give that information back to you? So, cause it sounds like you had a really good grasp on, okay, we need to make sure they're taking a vacation, even though it's a staycation, <laughs> like, you know, there were certain things that were going on in the company and you were aware of it. So how did you kind of get that to, you know, come up to you instead of just flow down? Yeah, we have a really great team. Um, So we do have um, that two-way conversation. I think the other thing that we're really committed to is we do pulse our employees um, on just about everything. 
Um, so we started a wellness program, um, really thinking through, you know, what they wanted to hear about. Um, I participate as well. So, you know, even just sharing my story and what I struggle with and, you know, sometimes how you're, hit, I'm hitting the wall and, you know, you know, tips and tricks that, you know, help me, um, you know, and sharing that and being part of those, those discussions helps me be more connected one-on-one, -on -one, um, with some of those individuals. I think the other piece for us, that's really been, um, good is, you know, we've been really, um, transparent in how we're thinking about planning our, you know, return to office and return to work. And, um, and that's been something that we want to collaborate with our organization with. It's not necessarily going to be top down. Um, it will take into account a lot of their feedback, a lot of, you know, what I'm reading, what others are reading, but also just, you know, how are some people's lifestyles shifted? We've had some people move. We've had, um, you know, funnily enough, we had in our history already two people who do work uh, remote, uh, but that was at a time when we were traveling. So you know, is that a model that now we can deploy more frequently in the organization? Is that some flexibility that we can offer? So um, I, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to strike a good balance that helps us as a company be connected culturally um, and continue to excel at our work, but also give people the flexibility and have them not feel like it's a trade-off. I don't want people to feel like, oh, you know, everybody's back in the office and it's like sucks for me um, because some people are enjoying that extra time that they're not committing and they started a new lifestyle. So how do we help give people the best of both? I love that. Yeah, I see it on LinkedIn. I'm sure you do too all the time. The polls, the nonstop polls. So would you rather be 100% remote, go back to the yeah. office or hi, you know, a yeah. hybrid? And, you know, I personally have worked remotely um, since well, what beginning of 2010, with the exception of maybe one or two roles. Um, so I was really used to it. It wasn't a crazy shock. What was a shock for me is what you were describing with the sales meetings and going to see clients and like, because that's where the magic happens. I'm oh, I know. I'm with you. You get in the room together and like, so trying to get that over a screen it happens, but like, you know, I think it helps that I'm able to talk to amazing women like you and, you know, create that energy. And I have that going on too, but you know, there's something about getting in a room and you have great ideas together and For you sure. have a partnership with your clients. So I really understand that. And I, I craved that. And I missed that part. So I get that. And I'm looking forward to us, like continuing to go back to some kind of new normal, um, but I think that's, you know, that's great advice to, you know, the women that are listening to the podcast and some of the men that listen to, um, you know, really listening to your people and getting their feedback mm -hmm. and involving them in this decision, because it doesn't impact just Sandra, it doesn't just impact 100%. everybody, yeah. you know, some of like, you know, your C-suites or, you know, your directors, it, it impacts everybody. And, you know, what are they comfortable with and how have they been working for over a year and like, what does their life look like now and what's going to make them happy, but also work for the company. And so I think, you know, you can't make everyone happy, but if it can be a, a, a nice transition back, I think that's really wonderful. You know, yeah, it's all, it's all we can hopeful, hope for is to, and, you know, I always say to people in our organization, it's sometimes hard to remember, we had a flex policy before you could work from home. And I think it was like one to two days a week before. Nice. And you guys were always traveling anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so let's remember we were always flexible and we were maybe ahead, slightly ahead of the curve at the time. Yeah. So, 
you know, that's a good reminder for us to continue to be um, in that same spirit um, and have that same mindset moving forward. Yeah. So it, yeah, it sounds like you guys already had that type of culture built in. So this is not going to be such a shock to the system. It's just kind of coming back and having a little bit more of a formalized way of doing it. Yeah. So um, that's, that's amazing. Culture to me is so important. And I'd love for you to just give me your quick take on it. Cause it sounds like you guys have a pretty good handle on it there at Jackman, but you know, I've seen so many people just, you know, throw up a game room or, you know, have a beer night yeah. or things like that. So you know, I think what you said about everybody coming back off the road, because I, I was, you know, travel road girl for a long time, you know, sales, yeah. I get it. I totally get it. I had teams all over the country. I understand that. I love that concept. Come back on Fridays, all get together. That is culture building right there, because it's not the fact that you're going to buy a lunch or anything or have yeah. a drink together. Yeah. It's that you're actually spending time together. So what are some tips that you have about building a strong culture? One of the things that was super important that we did, and I think it's going on now three, almost four years ago, is we decided um, as a leadership team to um, establish some values for our organization. And sometimes, you know, we're a relatively small firm, we're just under 100 people, you don't, and, you know, we do this for our clients, but we didn't have it for ourselves. And a lot of it was unspoken. And, you know, we, we used to talk to prospects when they were about to join us or we were interviewing, we talked about it, like, you know, the Jackman way, and you need time to acclimatize to the Jackman, um, not just the methodology and the way that we work, but also just the culture and like, who does what it's not, it's not a hundred percent agency style. It's not a hundred percent consulting style. It's this like mix of all of this stuff. And it was hard for people to navigate or understand. And what we did, and it was done by consensus, we actually workshopped it with our entire organization was, you know, we interviewed people and said, you know, what are some of the tenants of values that make Jackman Jackman? And then we refine them and then work through them. But um, that was super, super important uh, for us, that there is an element of partnership, respect and empathy initiative was one of them. Like we're all self-starters. How do we make sure that everybody lives up to that? And that when you're thinking about joining us, that you have that built in you, um, you know, things like having courage. Um, and so, you know, we defined them all and then we made them part of not just what we celebrate in the organization. You know, we have our culture heroes um, and people who really exemplify certain values. Um, but then what we also did was, you know, put them on our performance. And so, you know, it's a good reminder and how we build that and we cross-functionally share feedback on that. That in and of itself was one of the biggest turning points for our culture. And I think it just helped everybody anchor on foundation and expectations and also celebrate the people we all know are great. Um, and so, but it helped us identify not just the what we want, but how, you know, how to do that, how to show up that way. Um, and that's been really pivotal for us. And then I think the other piece about um, culture that's been really a focus for us the last few years is this transparency pulsing our teams, um, big decisions, you know, there are some hard decisions that are made corporately that are, you know, the decision of our founder, Joe, um, or us as a leadership team, but wherever possible, we always pulse our teams. Um, and that's really important down to like, what do you want? We just had a pulse on the summer party. We always have a summer party. It's always in June. And right now we're still in this kind of half lockdown phase um, in Toronto. And we said, guys, we can have a virtual party next week or we can have it later in the summer because things will open up. And 91% said later in the summer. 
great. Um, but those are the things that I would just say, you know, people have a voice and that's part of the culture is, you know, having this two-way dialogue and it may not mean a lot to us, but it means a lot to the people that you work with. And so that's really important from a cultural perspective to really help, um, you know, flourish and to really help people feel engaged, connected to the company that they're working with, especially at a time like this. Um, you know, how do we, how do we navigate that? I think it's just by sharing information, but also gathering input. Very, very well said. Yes, absolutely. Because the best, you know, before going out completely on my own, the best cultural experiences I had and the ones that I were a, a you know, was able to be behind and implement it was a two-way conversation and it was gathering that information exactly and implementing it, right? Making sure that it was, they were not only being asked, but they were heard just like you guys did just with something as simple as the party, right? Just those little things, but also the big things too. So, you know, when they're seeing that action is huge, but also, yeah, the values, values are huge as well. I have shared on the podcast before that, you know, I, I worked at a company and I remember going in good old corporate Maya here. I was like, okay, what are our values? What's our mission? And they were like, we don't have one. We just make money. Yeah. I didn't end up staying very long because I was trying to write and make the values for the company as you could probably imagine yeah. doing Sandra at this point, because I was like, no, we've got to have a hold on this because our, clients, yeah. our like internally, we got to know what we're up to. Right. But like our clients got to know what we're, what we're all about too. not just making the money. Like, exactly. So, I'm with you. That is a total game changer culturally. And, you know, it's not just all about the, you know, ping pong tables and the, you know, things like that. Exactly. It's not just the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's about really living it and hearing people. I love that. So one more thing I want to touch on too is Joe Jackman. He is the founder owner of the company and he never had a president until you. Correct. <laughs> so tell Super us about, Yeah. Tell, well, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, so you're the first president, you're female president. I mean, it's amazing. That's why you're on the podcast. Tell me a little bit about that responsibility and how you're feeling about that and navigating this. Sure. I think, you know, um, in the beginning when I, you know, when we were first talking about this, it was, um, you know, it's super daunting to, to think about this. I think, you know, um, I was, how I would describe it is I was equal measure excited and anxious or nervous. Um, and, and for me, you know, Joe is such a dynamic, um, leader. He is, you know, he formed this company. He was the first to think about bringing this, you know, cross-functional approach and building it from the ground up. And that was really, you know, something that he, um, set out, set forth as a vision and, and really built it. And so when I was thinking, you know, how do I make my mark? I thought what was really interesting is that, you know, Joe has really given me the opportunity um, as the first president of Jackman, also to be a female leader at Jackman. And, you know, oftentimes as female leaders, we, we think we need to fit a mold or fit um, uh, a, a stere- not a stereotype, but like a certain characteristics. Um, and what was interesting is I know I can't be Joe. Joe is so dynamic and so Joe um, that I am not, you know, going to be my best self trying to mold myself to be just like him. But I think that gives me, you know, the aha was that I'm me and there's great things about me and what I bring to the table. And I think that that's a great aperture for him to do that as um, a CEO is to let me um, establish what that leadership looks like. And so that's been very freeing, (laughs) number one, Um, but also, you know, 
the, the perspective that I can bring is I've worked in the organization, I've done the roles. And so I'm able to really think through some of the, um, you know, not that he hasn't, but it's just, I have a different perspective having, having had that experience. And also the flexibility that we talked about last time with, you know, work from home and, um, you know, what females go through in the workforce, you know, as we come out of um, COVID, that is going to be even more necessary. And I love that um, having had that experience, lived that experience, I'm able to be more equipped with that moving forward and establishing what that looks like. Um, And I'm excited for that um, for our teams, um, as well as for myself, um, thinking about what the future growth of our organization looks like and having um, an opportunity to put my stamp on that and to, to chart that way forward is really exciting. Absolutely. I'm so excited for you too. And, you know, I, I think what you said about just feeling free and knowing like I, I get to be Sandra because, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, Joe clearly picked you for this because he wants Sandra. He doesn't want a mini Joe. He wants yeah. Sandra. And I think what, you know, as women, when we come into these roles, you know, we, you know, we have a tendency as women just to try to be everything to everyone and give and try and be it, you know, and it's a beautiful quality we have, but at the same point, to your point, what you said, we need to remember we've been given something or a title, you know, because we have earned it, we deserve Mm -hmm. it. And we're here for a reason. And we have a voice and a perspective and you are there to give this perspective and this, you know, whole different outlook for Joe. And that's what a compliment. He sounds like a cool guy. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell us how we can find you. I'll include all this in the show notes, how, and who is your ideal client? You've kind of told us already, but tell us how they can work with you, who you'd like to work with all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so, uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my handle there is, uh, Sandra Masordaf, but I'm at Jackman reinvents. Um, and they can also just find me. Uh, you can also find us on Jackman, uh, jackmanreinvents.com. Um, and, uh, you can click through, uh, to me there, um, in terms of who we like to work with, we work directly with leadership teams, um, helping them build, um, a strategy or actually if they've got a strategy, helping them get that into motion. Um, so there's really, you know, um, I think two types of clients for us, um, not necessarily, um, industry specific, but teams that are really looking to embark on what's their next phase of growth. Um, or they've identified what that phase of growth is, but they're just um, not 100% sure how to implement it or um, are finding that they're having difficulty getting things into motion. And so working with us, we really simplify everything from a strategic perspective and then get it into action fast. So um, our our ability to do that across industries is great. Um, We love working with great people. We love working with different uh, leaders. And certainly I would uh, love to work with more female leaders um, across the table. Um, that's a personal ambition of mine as well, is to uh, just, you know, diversify who we work with. So it's great. I love that. Me too, Sandra. That's awesome. Well, that's great. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations again on your promotion and good luck to you. So excited. Thank you. I love this chat. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening to My Opinion. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.